0: Hello and welcome to the Zwift the SBS podcast. Restrictions across the country have made life a little harder for most. One thing I'm thankful for is still being able to train with friends on Zwift any time of the day. Being motivated by the massive community means there's always someone to ride with and new locations to explore, like the new Japan-inspired Mercury Islands, my personal favorite, and the UCI World Championship courses. Riding with friends makes the training easier and they always know how to push me. Visit Zwift.com, and I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.
1: Bonjour, bonjour, buenas tardes, and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me uh, remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cycling log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me is, of course, Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave?
2: I'm back. Uh, look, I bring I bring Manjari, I bring comer, I should say Manjari, man <laughs> Spanish. Uh, I brought cheese and I brought some on,
3: Yeah,
1: but Spanish From Fromage Friday. Who's with us? Of course, it's Brady O'Donnell for Fromage Friday. How are you, Brady?
3: I too have brought cheese, but I'm going to eat Meredith Dairy because I'm being loyal to Victorian cheesemakers.
2: Oh, yeah. very good, good. very good. good. That's all right. That's you know, look, it was Fromage Friday. I thought you'll you'll be upset and angry at us if I don't turn up with something. So. I'm glad you got the, the or I'm glad I got the memo. There,
1: there was a bit of peer pressure as well. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: I'm still searching, by the way. I'm still and I'm still searching, Bridie, for the birdagos cheese. One of these days we're going to have a birdgoss party when I get it finally. I can't wait to try it. And I, I, I just hope I just hope for you it's amazing. <laughs>
4: it's
3: amazing. I hope for your sake. <laughs>
1: because <laughs> I might be yapping a bit
2: more on this one. <laughs> Come when, on, mate. Where did you start? <laughs> I mean, look, you can't actually get into a debate with a Frenchman about cheese. Well, no, you French can't. cheese is, you know.
1: Anyway, racing. Yes. We had a stage yesterday and then again, great stage. I mean, Micah, uh, take us through what we saw yesterday
2: in this last kilometre. Uh, well, there was Jay Vine, an Australian off the front Being chased by an Australian team with an Australian hoping to win. They brought him back right there. But it was EF, as Matt Keenan said, the ambush lead-out. And it was a brilliant lead-out at that. And Magnus caught nielsen on the wheel of Jens Kerkallere. They got the jump on Michael Matthews. Bagioli on the wheel. You could see the big gap there. Michael Matthews, he just got caught out in that sprint finish. He chased him all the way to the line. And in the end, Magnus caught Will Nielsen. Second stage win for him. You can see it was pretty close. Bagioli was coming up on him. But in the end, I just he was never going to get there. I think we all knew that at that point. Court Nielsen was going to win. Bridie, it was, uh, I think, a really hard pill for Bike Exchange and for Michael Matthews to swallow
3: overnight. I feel like quite a lot of other teams are often giving Bike Exchange a lesson on what they could have or should have done, and you're right about that gap. Like the, the two EF cycling um, team riders had put such a g- distance into the rest of the peloton, and Bagioli's just managing to hold on to the wheel. So Matthews did a lot of work and, and impressively rode into third, but it, the, the goose had already flown the coupe or whatever the analogy is because he just missed the timing and didn't have a backup guy there with him.
2: He, yeah, and he – it was But – we're going to uh, uh, analyse analyze it a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: We'll, we'll analyse all this uh, as, as we go along, but yeah. let's focus on the winner.
2: Yeah, we need to give the winner some, you know, some credit. We yeah, kept on saying oh, uh,
1: Michael Storer is the
2: man of the Vuelta for us, but I mean, this man is not far behind. Well, he's one of now four riders to have won two stages each. Yeah. And what do you think of this guy, Brighty? He's – um. You know his CV is impressive. This is his fifth Vuelta stage win, and amongst others, Tour de France stage win. He is something special, I think.
3: Yeah, he is. But what is always interesting about a rider like this is there must be it must be amazing to be so incredibly fast and talented, but always have the camera, the stories, uh, the journalists rushing to everyone else. He's. You know, teammates have had to endure that in every other Grand Tour and even in some of the Spring Classics. So you can imagine when some people think, great, pressure's off me. No one's asking me every five minutes, how are you feeling? When are you going to win another stage? And yet here he is just methodically going through his process. So it kind of suits the demeanour often of that Scandinavian nature, which is kind of like a quiet, incredibly dangerous high achiever. Yeah, they yeah.
2: are, aren't they? You're perfect, you perfect sum up. They are, they're, they're that. I think we talked about them a couple of days ago. And um, although they're good looking, they're actually quite, yeah, yeah they're as well. incredibly attractive. <laughs> Their hair is not out of place or anything. But um, I raced with a, 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 I had a Norwegian and a Danish guy on one of my teams, and they, they were exactly that. But I find them all very similar, yeah. very calculating, very sort of calm, you know, level headed, level tempered, sort of even tempered. And this guy, you know, obviously it's a it's a real strong attribute.
1: Yeah, Ben Ben is saying good at Danes. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's true. So let's listen uh, to the winner of the stage yesterday. Magnus,
4: congratulations! You are back to your real job. <laughs> I'm back to what? To your real job. <laughs> sprinting.
5: Yeah, yeah, I was uh, like we talked about in, in the team where uh, we wouldn't do the the big bunch sprints, but. Uh, when the the group were reduced we, we believed in me, and the team uh, wants to support me in, in these type of, of stages and uh, and they did uh, amazing today the 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 whole team did a, a great job and uh today I was able to to sit in the back relax for the first many hours while people were fighting for the breakaway and uh even though I felt the legs a little bit from from yesterday i I managed to to get over the the two climbs and uh in the end uh, Jens Kugler he did a very amazing uh, job delivering me perfectly for for the sprint were you confident uh, mm. in uh, beating Michael Matthews oh uh, no had some uh, some very uh, good good guys uh, Matthews and and, Trentin, and there were a few other fast guys there but uh, we wanted to give it a try and uh, we managed very well and and I'm super happy to to take this this win this is your fifth victory at La Vuelta.
4: Do you realize you are becoming a, a big name of this race? Uh, yeah uh,
5: it's, it's super nice and I also see I get more and more uh, Spanish fans I think uh, after the long day yesterday in the breakaway even though I didn't win I really had a lot of, of messages for, from people and uh, that's super nice to, to see that, that people are, are happy to, to see me fight. Thank you Magnus.
1: There you go, Magnus Court Nielsen. Uh it's true yesterday or day before, he was that close from winning at some point. He was really that close from uh, from actually taking the stage, and then he did it today. And we'll go through the stage that is happening tonight as well. But he's also
2: can be one of the troublemakers tonight. He's he's I'm not sure if you've checked Brighty, but he's getting closer to Jakobsen in the sprinter's classification and if we had have flipped that stage two nights ago when he was in that amazing break, he got caught on the sleep, steep slopes of Valdepeñas, that short little kicker. Imagine if he had have made the decision, I'm going to sit in the bunch and sprint. He'd be, he'd be even closer to Jakobsen. Yeah. Um, there's not much this guy can't do. Do you reckon he can challenge Jakobsen at all for, the, for that sprinter's jersey?
3: He can. I mean, you said that he's close. I was just checking the the result there. It's sixty six points the difference now, one eighty to one fourteen. It's also we know this. It's it's a matter of lacking lacking bad luck. You know, we're gonna we want to be not out of position, still feeling the legs. He's got that confidence. Um, you said something about his hair not being out of place. I feel like he was really sporting a bit of a Viking look there, post helmet removal. But um, yeah, there's this calm confidence about him, which always helps with a sprinter. We've talked in the past about someone like Cavendish doesn't mind being a bit agitated, having people kind of agitate him or not get what he wants. But with court, it's all about I just want to have that plan and have it lay out, a bit like perhaps the red jersey wearer. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And, and just to add to that too, there's only two sprint stages left. So remember, it's an individual time trial that finishes the race this year, so there's no traditional Madrid sprinter stage. So this actually suits... Magnus Court, yeah, better than Jakobsen being yeah. uh, being a more purist.
1: Be very interesting to see because we saw uh, Philipson's gone home, and so the, the battle for that jersey will definitely, oh yeah, heat uh, up little, in little, the next couple of yeah. days because there's not that many opportunities. No, life.
2: no, that's right. Um, yep.
1: So let's talk about Matthews now because we have to talk about Matthews uh, again. Uh, <laughs> doing, it's uh It's not by lack of trying. it's not by I'm, lack of trying. You know, you honest. know what it is?
2: <laughs> it's almost, uh, Brady. I think it's like the reason is I think they haven't done much wrong but they just haven't won. Yeah. So they've nearly done everything right, and I'll I'm, I'll scrutinise them more over last night's result. Yeah, So it's frust- I'm frustrated for them as well. I mean, when you first
1: came in into the office today, you said, that's the one that got away. Massively. That's the one that but got you, away.
2: You've got to think the same, yeah? That last night was the one he really should have won.
3: Yeah, he should have, but I mean, gosh, it's easy to criticise from here, isn't it? Like, you think, Matthews could have felt terrible and yet he could have still finished third and one of the things we were all talking about um at the airport after the tour de france is just how we don't have the same access to a rider and his real innermost thoughts that we used to there's a lot of controlled messaging so who knows how michael matthews is feeling he could be feeling 90 95 he could be feeling this is the best he's going to get out of himself and we're here going oh did he miss the gap maybe they're just their timing and aggression is superior, um, mm-hmm. but I think I, yeah I don't want Matthews to be the Richie Port version of mm-hmm. the sprinter that just kind of could have, should have, would have. That's not what I want for him. But in a sense,
1: is the fact that the team, the full team, was behind him yesterday. I think that's in the sense where we can actually say they really pulled everything they could on that particular stage. And I think in that stage, he's not criticizing. He's saying, yes, they tried and they tried with a full team. And it's the one that got away because they got. I mean, actually, Maka, let's go through the, 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 the moment where. Well, the this moment happened. that I think. Yeah. It's
2: not necessarily the moment, but this is. I'll give you my opinion, yeah. I suppose, of where I think he lost it. So you can see here, Javine is off the front. We're speeding this up a little bit. You've got. You've got Mezgeets on the front, Matthews, Trentin. They've jumped. For me, Matthews was too hard up on Mezget's wheel. I know it was 400 metres to go. He should have given him half a bike. And Bridie, the other classic thing, and again, I know it was even though it was tough in my armchair commentating <laughs> it last night. It's never as hard as being in there. He should have been. He should have had the rubber neck. He should have been starting to look over his shoulder because he knew that Mezgetz wasn't going to be able to take him to the line or to that 200-metre mark. And and all of this comes... Michael's got that much experience, so this is stuff he knows. And y- you make a good point. He's tired. He's probably tired. He's probably worn out. The team absolutely emptied themselves, but he missed that jump, and that was the moment he lost the stage.
3: And maybe Can the challenge is... Go, Brady. Go, go, right in, go right in. Well, maybe the challenges as well is, like, they enacted Plan A last night, Uh, the night before, sorry, and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And really what they needed was plan A on this stage. They needed to have those riders and they haven't shown adaptability. You know, we talk a lot about the talent of riders and their top-end speed or their strength in time trial, but you actually, as you say, Dave, it's exactly right, you also have to think, oh, crap. The plan we were thinking about for today's stage didn't work. We've got to change the plan right now. We've got a nanosecond in which for yeah. me to jump off the wheel of megach and, and get onto the other wheel. And maybe he's yeah. thinking, no, no, we, today was a lead-out day or a train day or whatever, you know, the way they're thinking about it. So maybe Matthews needs to try and be a little more open-minded. I say that, but, you know, at 70K an hour, he needs to be more open-minded.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Two two comments. He mentioned uh, at some point that we listen to him, and that's not necessarily in this comment. But he mentioned the hit. He's bothered by the hit before. Mm. So one, is this still an issue for him? And secondly, uh, uh, Jakobsen was not in that, that sprint. Was he expecting more of a purist kind of sprint, and he got simply
2: surprised. He simply got outplayed by Ef. This, yeah, no, I'll say to that bit, no, because it was a 30, it was a reduced group of 35 riders, they all knew the scenario, they knew none of the sprinters were there. Mm -hmm. He got caught out. He simply Look, any well, I think think we should listen to him, yeah, and then we can sort of dissect it a bit more if we want. All right, boss, all right, boss, come
1: on, (laughs) click, mate, click.
6: See, I'm producing now. (laughs) Let's listen
2: to Michael Matthews
6: after yesterday. Today was always going to be difficult. Um, we decided not to chase because it wasn't our our, our day to chase today Um, and then we all came together in the final there after me struggling on the last few climbs to to get to the finish and uh, the boys still put on the line for me to to go for the sprint and yeah we just got jumped a little bit there in the final from I think it was Magnus Um, they just timed it better than I did in the the sprint there but um, yeah I think all in all we did a really good team performance today
5: you've got to be proud like you said you were just struggling on those climbs so to still get back and be able to sprint you finished third it was really close
6: yeah i thought on the first climb i already told the team that i wasn't gonna contest the stage today um i thought it was gonna be too too much for me but um, yeah i gritted my teeth and got my ass over the climb and uh yeah the boys say we uh, we go for you in the sprint so um yeah when you've got a team like this around you that supports you through the highs and lows of the, of a grand tour then you uh you also give it your all to try and finish it off there
1: you go michael matthews he speaks about the team again and yeah. this is what we're hearing a lot from michael matthews all across all the grabs we played actually across this volta he's always super thankful for the team
2: oh they've been awesome they they didn't they didn't do a thing wrong i don't think pridey and you know, I'm nitpicking Michael, or we all are. I'm, I'm I'm throwing you guys under the bus with me, by the way. Um, but at the end of the day, too, 41 degrees, he says he was feeling average. He told the team at the start, oh, I can't, I'm not going to be good today. So, you know. In so what do you make of that then,
3: like, you say you're not going to be good today. Don't worry, I'm not in contention, and then you end up third. So why is he getting in the mix if he knew he was going to be feeling not great and he didn't want the team to commit? That that to me says Respect. a bit of mixed messaging.
2: Uh, look, I think if we if we re-listen to that and and read into what he was saying, I think he told them before that the climbs because the two climbs came near the end. So I think he said before the climbs, I'm not feeling good. I'm not good. Let's you can't ride for me. So, we, we have to think about breakaways, et cetera. Then he made it over the climbs, and then it was like, okay, okay, you're here. We're committing for you because you're the quickest guy in the group. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough one. That, 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 at the end of it all, it's just a hard one to swallow. Yeah. Because, again, they've tried their butts off. Um, and, you know, 10 out of 10 for commitment.
1: And, again, uh, we said this before, but uh, we don't know if he's going to complete this Vuelta. So mm. the chances are running out for him. Yeah. Uh you know today or yesterday was clearly something they planned. Mm. I mean how far will he go in his in his Vuelta and or when do they actually call it quits and he calls it quits and say okay I'm not going to win anything at this Vuelta but now is the world.
2: Yeah. Look he might he might go to the finish. I don't know. For mm-hmm. for the preparation some riders like to pull out midway if they're doing the world championships. Others like to go all the way through. His form's still pretty good. Yeah. So that's, you know, I I, I really hope, I, I hope the team gets a victory. I think they deserve it. It'd be easier, Bridie, it'd be actually easier to criticise them for really big mistakes they've made. I guess that's the point I'm making. Um, so this is hard because I'm like, gee, you're, you're really doing just about every everything right guys so they should do it for You're you just not getting a win they should do it for you so you feel, <laughs> so I feel better thing. i need to feel better about myself
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't know, know if they 20. got the message <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. to help you out with your mood and your morale yeah yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey, Whitey, what's yeah. going on, mate? <laughs> I, I, I feel bad. I don't see them you know, acting on my feelings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Between Michael Matthews, or between, between Magnus Court-Nielsen and Michael Matthews, there was actually someone that finished second. Yeah, yes. Uh, and, and we haven't spoken about him. It's Andrea Bagli, or Baggioli. 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 Uh, let's listen to him, and then we'll uh, talk about Dukinic. Yeah, in the finish line, I was a little bit uh, disappointed because when you're so close to the victory, it's always uh, a pity to lose uh, for Alpha Wheel, but uh, now I can be happy because uh, it's always a second place
6: in a World Tour race. I'm only 22 years old, and uh, so it's good. We had uh, two victories with uh, Fabio, one, two second places with
1: me and Mauri and uh, one third place. And uh, let's hope for uh, Fabio for uh, tomorrow. And he uh, yeah, has also the green jersey and. Uh, as a team, we'll do everything to keep uh, the jersey. I was Andrea uh, Baggioli surprised about that uh, result or not?
2: No, he was there. Uh, Florian Seneschal was actually, got dropped just across the top of the last climb. And he's yep. the lead out man for Jakobsen. So he would have been a massive danger. But Bagioli's quality, look, I'll confess, Bridie, I'm not sure about you. I don't know a lot about him. Matty Keenan, the stats man that he is, he's done plenty of homework. He thinks he will build into like a sort of classics rider, like a flesh own sort of rider. So I guess we saw a little glimpse of that last night. He had a bit of accident. He had a bit. He had a bit of an accident. I think this year as well. Paglioli. Yeah, he was Just injured. injured. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but he was good, wasn't he? I mean, he, at the end of the day, Court Nielsen didn't get him by much.
3: No, he was really impressive, but also there's no pressure on him, is there, Christoph? Like, you know, this yeah, is this right. winning team. We've talked about the Wolfpack attitude, the culture of winning. So in a way, they'd be just, it's like a development opportunity for him. He's cultivating his timing. He's looking around. He's kind of doing everything we've seen Michael Matthews do five, seven years ago. Um, There's, in a way, that novice attitude, like, oh, I'll see how it go. And, and the fact that if, if Matty Keenan doesn't know enough about him, it means he's kind of been this development rider over yeah. the last few years.
1: Yeah. And again, just to conclude on, on Dukinic, Jakobsen is not here in that finale, but they've got somebody else. Yeah, they've so they are able to bring somebody else. Just another bring in a fresh trip, <laughs> just
2: bring them off the hook, bring <laughs> them off the cart, yeah, roll them yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're incredible. They're a yeah. great
1: team. Right, our man in red is still in red, as old Christian Akin. Uh, I mean, it's good chance to keep it tonight as well. We'll talk about about this. Uh, let from the leader of the Vuelta.
4: Primoz Roglic crashed again. Did you see the crash? Did you avoid it? Yeah, I was just behind, but I managed to avoid it, so uh, it didn't look look so good for a few riders, but I hope everybody's okay. How do you feel uh, in the bunch with this uh, new status of uh, leading the race? No, it's not. uh, Yeah, I I get some respect. I show some respect as normal to every rider, and uh, no, it's not a big difference, but of course it feels nice to to ride with the jersey on, yeah. Yes, it's another day with uh, a lot of uh, Scandinavian success. Yeah. And you are here uh, in Cordoba, 15 years after Usoft was uh, leading La Vuelta here. Do you feel that you are becoming uh, a big name in cycling too? No, uh, no, not at all. But it's nice to uh, to hear that he also had a jersey here. It's, uh, it's cool, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, uh, and I think it's getting... Looser and looser by the day on the hair.
2: He's, <laughs> you know, like the the hair is getting a bit messier less every day. Less, you think uh, he's a cool customer? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm liking this guy. I'm loving the team. I've loved them yeah. since uh, the Giro Bridie when yeah. Tucker Vanderhorst won stage three. They won stage three here. Anything, any another kilometer in that red jersey is bonus successful days for this team, right? I mean, they 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 have shot well beyond beyond their expectations this year.
3: I love that you love them when they're winning, Macca. That's just a beautiful loyalty that you Loved them before <laughs> they were big, <laughs> but no, he's a he's a great character, and I like the way he responded when uh, Jean-Francois Kene says, "You know, 15 years ago, Tour Shop. Do you think you're the next best? No, he you?" Goes no, no, no. Like no pressure on himself, none on the team. Just happy to be here, and you believe him. He really is taking it a day at a time, and that's a really nice way to approach this remarkable opportunity. Yeah. yeah
1: there's another thing I love and I know it's not Danish but uh, it's all for <coughs> Scandinavia but uh, where does the Tour de France start next year Denmark Denmark so it's all this area which will be really showcasing and again Norway is not Denmark but it's the region of of the world yeah uh, and I think this is really showing up that the whole that corner of Europe is really rising up again it exactly.
2: is yeah it is it is totally and incidentally he was 11 yeah. when Torhuzhoff got the red jersey in Cordoba. Um, so he remembers it <laughs> yeah 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 He was that's right uh, well he was one of his heroes he said growing yeah. up so
1: absolutely well he mentions a crash and mm. there's been
2: a couple of crashes actually in this race two, uh, two crashes take us through the- yeah yeah look the the, the second one the, the first one I, I should mention yeah. first Tobias Bayer got, got uh, there was like, three riders crashed I think and he had to exit the race I haven't seen or heard updates since so I hope he's okay I hope all riders are okay the second crash was the nasty one yeah it was a weird crash. If you, you see the vision here, they go around this sort of not a tight corner. Wheel just slipped. bunch of riders followed. When you when you're going four abreast around a bend like that on a descent, Brighty, and one rider crashes in front of you or around you, there are bound to be more. And look, look at this onboard vision. Bang! Um, and again, who's in that crash? Primoz Roglic. Primoz Roglic. What what's going on with Primoz uh, Bridie?
3: Well, I think he, he looked at the Garant Thomas playbook, which is crash as many days <laughs> as you can and see if you can hold on to a race lead. I saw a pretty uh, funny tweet where they said number of days before, since Primos yeah. has crashed and someone was taking off a one and putting a zero back on. Yeah. Um, he seemed pretty circumspect, though, didn't he? Like, you know, he's unflappable, Primoz. Yeah, you know, that Slovenian attitude is like, I'll be all right. Um, so you, you've got to think that um, you know, with the time still to go and the, the distance, uh, he, he'll be okay. But it's not great. It's uh, particularly after the Tour de France no, and the damage. Yeah. At
1: some point, but at some point, yeah, it, it might not hurt
2: directly. Yeah. But at some point, you feel a bit of a pinch somewhere. Well, you, you, feel, you feel a bit of a pinch. Your body has to recover, right, Braddy? Doesn't matter. You take a little bit of skin off. You're fine. You don't break anything. Your body still needs to use some energy in the evening or whenever it is when you. Try and recover to heal. So this it
3: it has totally. to take the edge off. And you're getting a massage and the masseur has to avoid bits of your leg because there's a loss a bit of skin there and you sleep and it hurts when you're turning over. Absolutely all of those things just take the edge off. And then of course there's a the psychological thing, which is shit, I don't want to crash again. I need to be careful. Yeah. And the other people are like is he really a tour, de, tour winner or do we need to get away from him? You know, so that kudos we saw yeah. being extended to someone like um, in Tadej Pogacar in the third week of the Tour de France, which is like, I'm in control here. I can command that. There's just an element there where people might start to think, uh, oh, is he a crash test dummy? Should we not be anywhere yeah. near him?
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, even no, though he's won that race twice already so <laughs> it's
2: it's it's a fine line yeah. i'm on a real fine line with uh, with him and the team yeah. at the moment yeah
1: well let's we want to take you now into uh the car because the the, the car of the uh, dsm's car i should say uh just because there was a breakaway yesterday roman bardet i see. seen an incidentally was in that breakaway yep. that's not why uh, we're bringing this but it's always good to uh
2: to talk about to hear how the communication goes through what do you think yeah yeah it is. It's brilliant, and this is this is the vision. A lot of the onboard stuff you, the couch Peloton, don't see uh, during the during the live broadcast. Uh, we get to look through it um, the next morning, and this is excellent. It's yeah. a it's a cut up version of it, but it's very very good. So one minute in the DSM car while a rider is on the breakaway. Still 30 seconds, really good, really good this. Two chasers, 28 seconds. Peloton, 38 seconds. This is good. We've got to still commit, but this is really, really good. The chasers are waiting for the bunch. The chasers are waiting for the bunch. We're big roads not going to be so easy yeah, but also another lot
0: of come on Roman
2: this is really good you've got to ride with these four we've got to go all in come on last 2k last 2k come on Roman push 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 four. it's gonna be close this nine seconds nine seconds well done mate unlucky that was a phenomenal effort phenomenal effort that
1: what I love into this is like, yeah, go on, brilliant. It's going to be too hard. Yeah, go on, brilliant.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's selling in
3: false hopes. Was that false hopes at one point there, Bridie? Totally, and we know. I mean, you were talking about Taka Vanderhorn. I can imagine those those t- team directors in Tomashe back in the Giro would be like, "That's it, taco and they would have been saying, "There's no way this is going to hold."
2: It <laughs> <laughs> was. Uh, it's so good. I mean that. That, that has been one of the biggest, is it an innovation? I, I'm not sure if that's the word, but just that we, we didn't get this vision years ago. and But they didn't even have radio years ago. No, that's right. But so. now that we're getting that on-board vision and, and you know, we, we see the celebration stuff in the cars. Yeah. We've, we've, we've seen, we're, already, we're almost done to death with that. But that those, those little snippets yeah. of just communicating to the riders, and that was, of course, as you say, bar day, and that was that final break that, effectively almost stayed away inside, what, a kilometre to go.
1: And this is where uh, you know it mixes with my other favourite sport, Formula 1, because you hear this in Formula 1, you hear the radio yeah. communication, but you also understand how succinct the messages have to be because, well, there's so many other noises and, and stuff going on that they just need to have the message on point.
2: Yeah, yeah. And actually, a question on that. Maybe this is for both of you. I know you're a mad uh, F1 fan, and, and I know, and you know, Bridie, from racing, um sometimes it's really hard to hear in race radio what's f1 what would it be like well i think f1,
1: you know? uh, in f1 they've got so much more money than cycling well they've got the huge helmets on now, as well but the big difference though f1 is a circuit that is about 5k round. yeah okay so the communication is all later this is a moving this is a roving event yeah so this is a lot harder to get the technology correct than on an f1 you know everything is set up two years before the the event So very, very much different. Even though they've got a big, stupid engine on the back.
3: One thing I discovered is it's a lot easier as a rider to hear the team car than it is the other way around. Because there's the team director, He's he's got or she's got the um, the radio right there. There's not a lot of other ambient noise. When you're the rider and you're holding this thing here and there's jerseys and winds and, and you're just going, they don't always catch. So it's it, <laughs> even though it's meant to be two-way communication, it really is pretty much just one way. And you could hear yeah. the repetition there where he was saying, you've got to ride with these four, you've got to ride with these four. He kept repeating every message so that there would be no ambiguity. I, I don't know. I think this is cool. I'm not sick of it yet, Mac, or I think yeah. it's... No, I this, think it, this, you feel like you're in it. Yeah, yeah, you
2: know, I'm not sick of it. I'm sick. I'm not, and I'm not sick of the the celebrations in the car when they're bashing oh, yeah. the you know, the yeah. steering wheel. That we've seen a lot yeah. of that. But um, <laughs> Richard Carapaz, he doesn't know because he just peel, pulls the earpiece out. Mm-hmm. He just solves the problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, this is how you do it. Okay, in that breakaway though, there was Bardet, but there was Jay Vine as well.
2: And again, this is this was relatively close. Yeah, he, he uh, he's. This this story, there's a bunch of cool stories this year and last year and the fact that he's got his contract through the Zwift Academy and now he's off the front, last kilometre, midway through a Grand Tour. How good is Jay Vine been? How impressed have you been with him?
3: I've been super impressed, but you're right about these sort of opportunities. We saw it with Isla Bradbury, you know, if you're um – presented with this opportunity and you've got nothing to lose. We see it with Aussie riders at the Tour and Under in the past where they're riding in the under 23 team. Nothing to lose, got good legs, in the right team that means that you're not um playing with the strategy and tactics of other teams. It's so cool. And and also he's had his countryman, Sora, win two stages. So he's thinking, yeah, these Aussies are dominating. Let's take it on. Let's like let's grab this race by the scruff about net. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you want to take us through just quickly? I'll re-show the the footage again. Uh, Sorry, I pressed a little bit early on this one. It was was great. I thought
3: it was perfect.
2: I Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't want to take us through again this just quickly? Yeah, the important part of this too for Jay Vine is he's got Chicorni, Roman Bardet, and Sergio are now three super – well, two very experienced pros and Chicorni on his way up in the pro ranks, and he absolutely matched them and then left them in that last (laughs) (laughs) kilometre. So – this will not hurt and you can see there he was the last man standing and they only caught him in the last 400. He is just he was on a 1-year contract. Yeah. If he does not sign another 2 years I'll be shocked. Yeah. And if Albusin for whatever crazy reason they decide they don't want him, he will get himself another contract. So that's that's 100%. great news. Yeah. Absolutely. Any other news? I think there's a lot of happening Wait, in the Paralympics. There's a bit, there's we a, yes, there's, we've got a few snippets here. Brighty. let's go first off the rank. Uh, Lucy Kennedy has announced that she will retire at the end of the year. I was a little bit surprised with that.
3: Yeah, I was as well, but, I mean, she's an extraordinary climber. She's been in great support to Annemiek van Vleuten, to Amanda Spratt and Grace Brown, but possibly just never has had the quite consistent breakthrough performances. She's had the occasional race victory, but not the same outcomes that we might have predicted for a rider of her capability, and and that sometimes comes with joining the sport a little later. Just your skills and your confidence in the bunch aren't always the same as someone who's been there a lifetime
2: and and she's had a she's had a fair share of nasty crashes too and that that's got to knock you around doesn't it
3: yeah it does and you know we were talking off air before the show the idea about writers who have other opportunities or who might be thinking about jobs parenting whatever it is that is also in their life and weighing up those choices about Another year away. I mean, two seasons of COVID have been really challenging for a lot of the professional women riders, trying to work out what's what races their team even gets to go to. And we'll end an important question on this,
2: and this is so pie in the sky, but maybe one day we will get to this. What if Lucy Kennedy's contract currently was three times as much or four times as much? Would that have a, a bearing on her decision making?
3: No doubt. I mean, if you think about, and and I'm not the same writer that Kennedy was, but I stopped writing because I weighed up what could it be like to come home and make a real living versus scrambling to be in in a team that might take me as a person whose age average was pumping things up a little bit. So she would be weighing up those things. If she was on €250,000, she'd go, oh, well, bad season, blow it off. Also, don't forget if she was on 250K, she might have a partner living over with her in Monaco or Girona or Andorra, all the places. So everything else, your support network is there. If you're living on your own in a bunk bed, in you know, with a couple of teammates or maybe in another team house, totally different scenario. So you start to weigh it up and you think, you know what, I miss my family, I miss my partner or whatever it is, or I want a real job or my body is not holding up anymore. Why would I keep doing this? So there's there's no doubt that weighs into it.
2: Yeah, and um, I can just say I reckon two fifty k that that'd literally get you a bunk bed in a garage in Monaco. That's about it. I never lived in Monaco. I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh
1: before we uh we go into any other news actually before we go to uh, there's the do paralympics paralympics yeah do we want to do all other yeah, news let, first? Let, let's let's do this now then we'll do the stage okay. coming up after that paralympics producing, very so, important
2: yeah <laughs> um paralympics amanda reed I'm, I'm must say i'm absolutely pumped world record time 500 meters gold medal uh bridey this is this is super but she's a She's a role model for young Indigenous kids. She's a role model for all para-athletes, but it is really special. And I got to spend a little bit of time with her at the Can- Canambal shoot we did that we aired during the tour. I was rapt about this. It's just something special.
3: Yeah, you would have felt really connected to that story, and I love that um, part that work that you did that we broadcast during the Tour de France. We heard Petra Colla talk about this, Emily Petra talking about how sport had changed her life, saved her life. Mm. How the coaches saved your life, and I feel the same about Reid. You know, we we see sport and and particularly winning and competition absolutely changing the pathway for so many athletes and and often the lesser opportunities you've had the more dramatically it changes your world and Reid for sure is one of those people in that category and we don't have anywhere near enough aboriginal riders in Australia I mean Minda Murray was a rider I raced with in Rush women's cycling she was the only woman I know who's aboriginal and who raced a bike it's just not a pathway seen to be a um, seen to be an option and and the idea about if you can see it you can be it that is that idea of that you see someone doing a thing and you think she's had a life like me or he did, he's had an experience like me, I could do that as well,
2: yeah, yeah it's, it is it's yeah i I'm, I'm, and i I'm, and on that, I'm not sure if, and I don't want to say she is because I could be wrong. I'm not sure if she's the first indigenous woman man or woman to win a gold medal at para games in cycling um but she won't be the last, yeah. That's the, uh, I think we bit. all need to, yeah. to, to celebrate that. Alistair Donahue also just recently silver medal just before we came to air. So he rode off in the final. We all know Alistair because he's an incredible athlete. He can race in the able-bodied and yeah. be pretty damn good. <laughs> so uh, silver medal for him. And if there were other medals to Couch Peloton, I'm sorry if we've missed them. Uh, Darren Hicks was second chip. and David Nicholas third. So we've,
3: we've been medalling yes. in so many categories today. It's been yeah. impressive. Can I just go back yeah, it to Donahue, though, is. because Donahue rode um, incredibly consistency. His laps were like 15.83, 15.86, 15, like he was a metronome. So he didn't start as fast as the guy he rode off against, but he had just super consistent um, second and third K. Yeah, good yeah, stuff, great right stuff. Uh, okay, let's
1: look at the stage. Yes. Uh, stage happening tonight, so you are commentating this. Uh, this is the profile uh, that we have on our hand. First question first, uh, why is there a sprint, intermediate sprint, <laughs> so close, so close from the finish? What's que, the point? <laughs> la
2: vuelta? It's the vuelta. <laughs> 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 they just str- and you know what? You know what they do? Not only do they do that, Bridie. When when we get towards the sprint, it's really throwing Maddie Keenan <laughs> off kilter. The camera decides to show an aerial shot yeah. as they pass across the sprint line, so we don't even know who's won it.
3: Madness. It is completely madness, but you're right. You know, we talk about the investment made by local towns or mayors or whatever. Who knows? Maybe the mayor of that town said, I wouldn't mind an intermediate sprint. I don't care that it's only uh, 20 kilometres from the finish. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, but what can we expect? It looks, it feels, it smells a lot
2: like a purist sprint stage. It's Jakobsen written all over it. But the, the other element to it is that he doesn't have Philipsen's team now to help because philipson has gone home. That's help Us in Phoenix. They were the two sort of out-and-out fastest guys. So it's not a done deal for Jakobsen. Um, I I think it'll be a super fast stage. We've had some... They've been 20 to 30 minutes ahead of schedule the last three nights. It's been that fast. So I don't expect this to be any different yeah okay and also
3: slightly trending downhill 200 kilometers i mean it's a really long day and depending on how hot and how everyone's feeling for two weeks in that we could see a break that's moderately effective um it won't be like that third week of the tour de france where it was a points race for 170k but i think i think it will be a bunch sprint but it'll be matter on who who's away in that break early on
2: Yeah. yeah and one last bit on that. Apparently, I just heard this before. It's going to be 41 degrees today. Yeah. Ooh. That'd be brutal.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, by then, they're used to it, though.
3: No? Don't you think? Oh.
2: they used, used to You know, you get used to 41 degrees. There's
1: us you, in, in in
3: wintry Melbourne.
1: <laughs> well, if you think I'm controversial, here's this one out Arnaud Demar turned 30 oh. yesterday. Oh. What's the point of a Pavlova for a birthday cake? What's the point? Is that a Pavlova? It's a Pavlova, so. It's the most, and I, I'm going to be controversial, the most overrated cake in the world is a oh, pavlova. <laughs>
2: Bridie, I know you love your food. And the money is You in cook Spain. up some
1: absolute gems. The man is French in Spain. Why do you bring a pavlova
2: <laughs> for a birthday? Bridie, I'll <laughs> hand
3: this one to you. Um, because it's his birthday and he gets to choose. I mean, I don't know about your (laughs) kids, but on your birthday, you get to choose the kind of cake. And if you want a Mars bar, I'm not sure he chose that. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, Christoph, Christoph,
2: is it? You reckon Pavlova's uh, New Zealand? It is New Zealand, (laughs) righty?
3: Allegedly.
1: Allegedly. On nice. Wikipedia it is. Nice, yeah. On Wikipedia it is. Good answer. Good answer. Get you can awesome punch mate. me. You can punch me if you want.
2: Rack, rack off, mate. Rack off. It's an Aussie dish.
1: <laughs> what? Some fruit on top of, uh, of, of, of a <laughs> Pretty meringue. simple. Yeah. It's pretty simple.
2: Yeah.
3: It's very complex, Anyways. Christoph. Just because you're famous in your country is famous for amazing ghetto, uh, it doesn't mean our pavlova with our mushy fruit <laughs> making it all soggy.
1: Feel free to comment, uh, people. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Kathy say, Christoph on the Pavlova gate. Absolutely. Ooh, I love it. Hashtag it. Hashtag it away, people, people cancelling my visa straight away.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Anyway, I think this is where we're going to end because this cheese is looking at us. I know, I know.
2: We did, uh, the, the, the interviews weren't long enough for me I to know. cut off a slab. So, um, Bridie, good to see you. Good to chat to you again. Stay <laughs> well and we'll speak soon. Thank you. Thank
1: you Maka. thank you very much thank you very much this was the uh, Zwift cycling central podcast we had fun today uh, if you want to uh, listen to this podcast again you can uh, tune in uh, on our website sbs.com.au slash cycling central and you can log a ride with our friends at Zwift until the next episode tomorrow same time same place it's bye for now
0: before we go a quick word from our sponsor Zwift over the winter, all my motivation comes from taking on their athlete workouts. My favorite is Matthew Vanderpool. Fun is going full gas as he helps build your anaerobic capacity. These training plans have helped me find my best. There are workouts from Garant Thomas and Anna van der Breggen, so every aspect of your riding can be tested, ready for summer. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com and I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.